Hi, I'm Hippa Shanbo. Welcome to the show. I'm joined today by Nadine Dumas. She's a fitness, health, and wellness coach based in the Cayman Islands. She's originally from Canada, where she started out as an accountant until she decided one day that she wanted to step out of her comfort zone. Back in 2005, I believe it was, um, I had made a comment to my boss at the time back home in Canada, and I had said to him, you know, I just, I really need a change. I think I just want to move somewhere. I've never left my hometown. I'm from a small city back home in Alberta, Canada. And um, he said, well, you know, I know someone that uh, used to work in the Cayman Islands. And I said, well, I don't know where that is, but sure. And within about six months, I packed up my stuff at 24 years old and moved. During her visit to the Cayman Islands, Nadine got into the fitness industry. She just happened to attend a fitness competition out of her local gym and something just clicked. So she quit her job as an accountant, moved back to Canada to build her company, shifted it entirely online, and then 10 years ago moved back to the Cayman Islands. Welcome to Mommy's Happy Hour. I didn't expect it, but motherhood is the most challenging thing I've done to date. After a long struggle with infertility, feeling isolated from friends in the community, I had my twins at the age of 41. And the advice I got from people was always one extreme or the other. So here we are, two and a half years later, and I'm curious to figure out what advice and what theories have worked for mothers, catch up with them, and occasionally vent about the things we deal with daily. For example, I was both curious and mildly envious of the fact that Nadine can and does take her son with her everywhere. And I don't mean now that he's eight years old. She has been since he was three months old. Of course, that got me thinking, what's wrong with my kids? Or is there something wrong with me? I can't even dream of doing that with my twins. I tried it once, maybe twice, throwing caution to the wind and taking my twins to the office with me. It didn't take too long before it was complete chaos. They were running all over the place, up and down, running into people. Sure, it's cute, but after 30 minutes of not being able to control them nor being able to focus on anything work-related or otherwise, I decided to finally leave, feeling very defeated. Ever since he was born, he has came everywhere with me. And whether it was having a meeting down here on the island, he would come and he would eat his little cookie while we were drinking coffee and having a meeting. And um, he was also a child that was, he loved to take in everything around him. He didn't really say a whole lot. It was kind of how I was growing up as well. And he would just watch people and he would smile and he would eat his cookie. And as he got a little bit older, um, you know, and a lot more mobile, some of the times if I would go and travel and I had a photo shoot, my mom would usually fly over and she would help me. So she would attend the photo shoot as well. There have been times though that he's come to photo shoots with me when he's like five or six. And he just makes himself at home. They, I remember one time we did a photo shoot and they, they bought him burgers and fries and um, he sat and he ate them while I did my photo shoot. And every once in a while he would come and interrupt the photo shoot. I even have a photo of him um, pulling me out of the photo shoot and asking me to come and meditate. I think he had learned that um, in one of his school classes or something. 
Um, and everyone's just really patient with him. And I've always been very patient with him. And he's always been very patient with me. So I've just been really, really lucky. And, um, you know, I definitely have my moments where he has walked up to me in a meeting and like suggested that we need to go right now. Um, but he's actually, he's really, really good. He's a really good kid. So it is kind of, it is kind of his nature because I, I used to always think before I had my kids, I'd be like, you know, I think maybe if I'm, I get them used to being around people and just kind of taking them anywhere, anywhere I go, that they would be more, they would be easier going. But I know it's not the case with my kids. They, they can't, they're very hyper and they just like grab anything and run around. I don't know if this makes their age, but they're like always all over the place. Like they, and they're always like scree- screaming and crying. And I'm always like, what the hell's going on? And I go into the room like you think like she's being skinned alive, my daughter. I go <laughs> and it's like we're changing her diaper. So I, th- I think it's also maybe the nature of your child. Yeah, I think so. I probably was pretty stern with him, though, I, just because I had no other choice. And there were so many times where I just I had no other choice. And um, just to make sure like everyone is quiet, just give mommy a little bit of time. Here's your cookie. <laughs> That's actually a good point that you raised because I noticed my sister never lived in Egypt. I mean, she's been gone since college and she's married. Um, she's married. She's got two kids. They're now 16 and 13. And she always used to tell me, Oh, you're so lucky in Egypt. You've got so much help. You've got mom, you've got dad, you've got everybody's going to help you out. But I find that can be a bit of a double-edged sword because when you do have too much help, you can't, sometimes it's very difficult to control them. And sometimes you kind of take the easy way out. So you're like, you know what? Uh, you call, I call my mother. I'm like, mom, you have to take them. I need an hour of peace. But if I didn't have all that support, I probably would be more stern and probably, they would probably be more like contained. And I will, like my mother kind of, defies me. Like when I tell her, don't give them anything sweet. Have, let them eat at this time. She does it on purpose. She gives them what I tell her not to give them. <laughs> I swear that's just something of grandmothers. That's <laughs> just what grandmothers yeah, do. Because I, I know even with my mom, there, the stuff that she feeds my son and the stuff that she does with my son, there is no way that she did that when we were growing up. She was, she was very stern. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a bit, sometimes it gets a bit hectic because it's like, I feel like I'm managing all these people. Nira, Nina is like a phone addict and she really goes into like a meltdown mode if you don't, you don't give it to her. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that with my son. This morning I woke up, I came out and she was there. She, so she, she was running towards me with this big smile. I was like, oh, how cute. She ran right past me, grabbed the phone from the table and like, made a beeline to my to our bedroom to go see my husband because he gives in to her and he gives her the phone oh, I was like what a bitch. not even a kiss and not even a kiss not even a good morning nothing fitness plays such a huge role in our lives right now and more so as new mothers we go through so many changes on all levels physically mentally and emotionally As a mother of toddler twins, committing to a healthy, balanced diet, plus finding the time to carve out some much-needed workouts seems nearly impossible the majority of times. And something tells me I might not be the only one. When Nadine started out in this field 13 years ago, her focus was mainly on fitness. 
But as the years went by, she noticed that the majority of the women she worked with eventually gained back the weight, and they kept coming back. She realized that dieting was futile without also addressing our emotions and how they play a pivotal role in our weight loss efforts. Nadine has since adapted to her client's growing needs and has become a certified eating psychology practitioner. Over the course of the years, I found that there was just a common theme with all of the women. And they kept on coming to me because they kept on failing, if you want to call it, at all of these different diets. I wanted to start asking them more questions. So I wanted to ask them questions that maybe for me at the time was... um, maybe a bit too invasive, um, or it was, um, you know, I didn't want to offend anyone. I didn't want anyone to wonder why I was asking these really odd questions. Um, and then also with their answers, if I were to ask those questions, I didn't really know what to do with them. So that was when I decided to move into, um, the mind body nutrition coaching where, I was able to ask these questions and then I was able to take their answers and kind of roll with it. So on top of the nutrition and the fitness coaching that I do, I now work with women on a much deeper level where I ask them questions about how's your marriage or what was it like growing up or what's your mom's relationship with dieting or, um, you know, even what do you like your job? Do you, are your finances are okay? All of those different areas affect a person's weight, affects the way that they look at themselves, how they think about themselves. And that was really why I decided to change and how much of an impact that has really made for a lot of people. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when you started in this business, I think it was more about like the weight on the the number on the scale. And I think now people are much more aware and so it does have an effect. It does, and I mean, for me, as relatively as a new mother, I think this is the first time in my life when it hit me that having an unhealthy relationship with food is kind of not such a good thing because it spills over. I know it has the ability it might spill onto my children, and I wouldn't want that for them, especially my daughter, because I think we set very high expectations on girls and young women to reach some kind of ideal that I believe can be quite mentally damaging. Oh, for sure. What is your advice to mothers about instilling like healthy relationship with food for themselves and for their children? It's, I guess it's different for everyone, but, um, you know, not, not talking about dieting, not talking about your body image, um, encouraging them in other areas of their lives. You know, I can't even tell you the amount of clients that I have worked with that remember when they were six years old that their mom finally hit whatever weight it was that she's been wanting to achieve or they remember her being able to finally fit into that size four dress or um it it floored me to know how many women remember those things about their mom when they were young and it's completely moved into who they are today yeah i know and i you probably had more have you had more success since shifting and making it more of a holistic approach as opposed to just like what you eat and yeah yeah I still see the same types of weight losses that clients see on the scale but now it's more um, a lifelong um, approach and it's something that they can see and understand in themselves that's going to last a lot longer um 
I still, I, you know, I still fully understand that there's people that want to see that number on the scale shift. It's, it, it is part of us and it is something that we do look at, but I try not to keep it as the primary focus. You know, if a person sees that number on the scale drop and it's a, for them, it's a great number, but they feel like absolute shit. Um, what's the point? Yeah. We, we call them false positives. It is a shift when you become a mother because I remember when, before I had kids, it was very easy kind of to get that weight, get to that one weight that I wanted. I mean, eventually I probably would go up and down and it wasn't really very healthy, but I, I could get to that number. Now with the kids, it's just like, it's not a priority. It's so difficult and it's just so difficult to maintain that kind of balance. It is. And when I'm talking to women, a lot of it is two different areas. One is our hormones. You know, our hormones have definitely changed after having children. But as well, you have different types of foods in the house. You have different priorities. You have um, different friendships. And your your children want to feed you their food. And, you know, even me with my son, um, we have food in the house that I wouldn't necessarily have had in the house when I was living by myself and I could control everything. And now there's things in the house that probably the same thing for you. You have different foods, you have different, um, different schedules, all of those different things. So it's just, life is just different and you're just, you're living in a different body. And sometimes people have to uh, understand that. Exactly. So it's like, that's why I feel more than ever that building a healthy relationship with myself is the priority. Tell us a bit about your retreats, just kind of to get an idea so that people know what to expect. So with the retreats, it's a one-week retreat. It's female-focused. Um, and I actually use all female entrepreneurs on this island to help with the retreat. So I have, uh, within those seven days, I have... Um, a very large house that is rented and it usually hosts anywhere between nine and 12 women um, for that full week. And then I have um, private chefs that come in. I have a woman that teaches paddleboard yoga and I have women that teach yoga and I have um, fitness classes and I have uh, a girl that teaches self-defense classes. And then um, one of the jewelry stores, because we're also famous for our diamonds, um, we have a jewelry store that actually closes down and only opens for us, closes down to the public and opens up for us um, yeah. just so that we can do a bunch of shopping. And, um, you know, there's still wine on the retreat. So it's definitely not a eat sprigs of lettuce and work out for six hours a day kind of thing. It's very, very balanced. And that is kind of um, everything that revolves around my coaching and how I work with my clients is just to try and find some kind of balance in your life. And that's what we focus on in this retreat. And every single day at the retreat, we, um, we usually have like a roundtable discussion, whether it's after dinner or after breakfast. Typically, I don't usually do it after breakfast because some of the questions can be quite emotional. Um, but we just have conversations. And one of the most amazing things from it for me um, is that all of these women create these amazing relationships and they realize that they're not alone and all of their struggles are the same as so many other women out there. We have a tendency to think we're alone and I think most of us women, we share kind of the same fears and challenges. 
Absolutely. Whether it's through nutrition or body image, weight, um, parenting, uh, careers, everyone, everyone has the same thoughts. I think it's also difficult nowadays with social media because when you look at people's social media, you kind of are like, you really think these people are living like these amazing lives. And you, when you start to compare yourself, you think that, oh my God, I must be a real loser. Like all these people do so much. And you're like sitting there sprawled on the couch for five hours every night, not doing anything. So you're thinking, oh my God, I'm like, I need to get there. But there's like kind of struggle. Absolutely. I was just actually asked this question um, for another interview that I'm doing. And it was just like, how do you not get yourself worked up or think negative about yourself when you're seeing all of these people's perfect lives on social media? And, you know, and as much as we all can say, like, yes, it is someone's highlight reel, it still does affect people. And I think that as long as we can understand that those same people are still probably finding themselves on the couch at night, sprawled out for five hours watching Netflix, um, all of us do it. Um, and some people just only show that highlight reel. And it's really, it's all about just staying in your own lane and, um, you know, seeing yourself through everything that you've been through, because we don't know what other people are going through. We don't know what other people have been through. And no one's also going to know what it is that we're going through or what it is that we have been through. And just being able to stay in your own lane and focus on what you have overcome and what you have achieved is one of the best things that you can do. It's easier said than done at times, but yeah, definitely. If we need to, I think every once in a while we need like a detox, like this kind of thing. I think going on retreats regularly is a for the soul. Yeah, I agree. And I say to everyone too, that as much as these retreats are for my clients and it helps just, you know, help heal a lot of my clients and um, create new friendships, it also fills my cup. Like there is so much that I love from my retreats and how much it actually heals me and how much it actually impacts me to be a better person and to even see that there are so many, so many women that are all similar. And I wish, I wish I could do retreats every single month and have people come out every single month um, just so that women could really see what their true potential actually is and like where their superpowers are. I wish I could do that. Does your son attend these uh, retreats? He does. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. He's usually, well, um, so every year my mom flies down and she takes care of him for the week because I'm at the house every single day. But one day we charter a boat out to Stingray City and Starfish Point where everyone gets to swim with the stingrays and play with the, the starfish and stuff like that. And it's always asked if he can come by all of the women. They just absolutely love him. Um, and the majority of them are moms as well. So I think they like it because they are away for, from their children for a week. And um, he'll pop in, you know, to go in the, the sea with them and go swimming or he'll come and um, it's usually around Halloween. So he'll usually show up at Halloween in his costume just to show everyone what he looks like. And they love it. They absolutely love it. He loves it too. Now, you may have picked up on this already, but Nadine is a single mom. She has been co-parenting her son since he was 10 months old, 
and he just recently turned eight this year. I find that absolutely incredible that she is able to be a single mom and a full-time entrepreneur. She runs multiple businesses and does it very well for that matter. I know I wouldn't have been able to do half of what she does as a single mom. I really admire Nadine and very proud to call her a friend. She's inspiring and her dedication is very impressive. You know, obviously there was tough times and um, sometimes are better than others, but we just make it work. And he has been very good about it. Like my son has been very good about it. And he just knows that he has mommy's house and he has daddy's house and he he transitions very well between both of them. But it's been uh, eight years that his life has been like this. And for you, has it been easy to date? I mean, has your mindset, how has your mindset changed since becoming a mother and dating? Well, I didn't date for a really long time. <laughs> so it was pretty easy um, because it was just him and I. But, you know, it was also the time that I was building my career. So I was very career focused and I was just very focused on um, raising my son. So dating really took a backseat for quite a long time. I've always told people that I was on the slow boat with that one. Um, but it was just kind of something that I chose to do at that time was just to not date anyone and really just focus on my career. I, was, I knew that I needed to do everything I could to um, support myself and also support him. And it's a very expensive island to live on. And also my whole career is dependent on um, everyone internationally. So I always had to make sure that my face was out there and I always had to make sure that I was pushing and, and we were traveling. At one point, we were traveling every three weeks off of the island. So I didn't really have a whole lot of time to even meet anyone or even to really date. And that definitely that definitely lasted for many, many years. Were you approached often and, or was it intimidating for men that you were a single mother and quite driven? Um, as far as I know, I don't think anything, anything came up about me having a child. I think sometimes if like, because I'm from Canada and I spent a lot of time in Canada and if I ever met anyone or anyone maybe reached out to me through social media that was from back home. Um, you know, people always looked at it as, you know, you live very, very far away. And that was always like a reason for why no one would really approach me. Um, and I think also I did come off very strong in terms of my career and that it was, um, the primary, no, sorry, my son is the primary focus of everything. Um, but my career just kind of came second. And um, I don't know if people maybe looked at that as how am I even supposed to fit in? Or I probably gave a lot of the impression that I just really didn't have any time for anyone. Um, you probably gave that those signals that you probably weren't very interested because it's it must be to juggle both. I mean, already you're running multiple businesses and you have your son full time. So it must be quite difficult to think of anything else. Yeah. Well, I had him, um, uh, I co-parent. So he goes in between um, his father and me, but then the times that he's not with me, I'm working as hard as I can on my business. That's probably a downside to, you know, owning your own company and doing all of your marketing, doing all of your own PR. Um, you just, 
really throw everything into that. And that was kind of what I was saying before, where um, the biggest thing that I've learned is really um, to delegate or to ask people for help. So it's really difficult having your own business. It's nicer because it's something that you want to grow and you're, you're very motivated to do, but it's, you can't, you never switch off. So it can be quite tiring sometimes. Yeah. And I think that you have to find someone that can complement that or someone that can understand that. And that's very tough to find as well. Have you, have you ever had to deal with negative backlash from people regarding your choices about how you choose to raise Satan? Because for example, in Egypt, everybody's in your business and everybody has a judgment and everybody has a criticism and everyone tells you, tells you what to do. And like, if one person tells you one thing, the other person tells you the opposite. Kind of, it kind of frustrating. So do you get that in, in the Cayman Islands? No, I'm, I'm actually quite lucky unless people are just not telling it to me, <laughs> keeping it to themselves. I kind of just do my own thing. And um, I'm pretty sure that people have something to say about even with my son coming with me to meetings or ever since he was young, he would come with me to the gym. And he just knew that mommy had one hour to work out. I would set him up with his little iPad and he would sit in the gym while I would do my workout and he knew not to, um, to interrupt and kind of the same thing with meetings. He just knows not to interrupt and to just give me a little bit of my time. And then as soon as we're done, I fully concentrate on him, but I'm sure that there's some people that look at it and think that, um, maybe it's wrong of me to be doing that, but I know that there's certain things that I have to do for myself, like either whether it's um, from a health standpoint or whether it's from a professional standpoint in order for me to be the best mom possible. Yeah, so I guess it comes naturally to you to focus on your own needs. I do. Um, there's definitely areas that I still lack in for sure. Um, I try to do like self-care I prioritize going to the gym. Um, probably where I lack the most is just on my time um, because I am, um, I work a lot. I spend a lot of hours working and I probably don't give myself a lot of time just to just like, not do anything. That's probably where I, I slack the most. Okay. You, yeah. You don't give yourself enough downtime, huh? No, I don't. But I do make sure that there's certain areas in in my life that I do take a little bit of time for myself, um, just so that I can be a better mom. And how about now during the lockdown? Is there anything? What What do you do for self care? Oh, that's been a tough one. Um, you know, one of the things for me is because I do co parent. Um, there's always some good to that where you have some days where I just, I don't have my son. And if I want to stare at a wall and not talk to anyone for a full day, then I won't do that. Or I can sit here and I can work all day long and not feel like, um, you know, I have schooling that needs to be done with my son or we, you know, we should be playing games or anything. Like I just have a little bit of time for myself and that has been very helpful. I know that there's a lot of parents that don't have that. Um, that part of the co-parenting is definitely a plus. Um, so it's, it's been okay. Yeah. My, my idea of, of self-care these days is once I put, put them to bed, 
I'm like sprawled on the sofa for like five hours and I always regret it. And I'm always like, I should go to bed. No, I don't want to go to bed. I should go to bed. <laughs> go to bed. And then finally yes. I get to bed at 12 o'clock at night and one o'clock in the morning and I want to kill myself the next morning. <laughs> but it's been like that literally for the past three weeks. I keep on saying, I'm going to go to bed tonight at 9 p.m. And I just get there. It's just, I'm like, I can't imagine like I'm going to go to bed. And then it's the same, it's going to be like Groundhog Day. So the next day is exactly the same thing. So I'm like, no, I'm mm-hmm. tired and want to kill myself tomorrow. But I just need those hours of just doing absolutely nothing. A lot of people I find have had those issues where they're staying up a lot later. They're sleeping in a little bit longer. Um, everyone's schedules have been completely thrown off for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, is there anything you look back at now when you first became a mother and wished you had done differently? Oh, um, probably just been a bit easier on myself. I was so hard on myself and I pushed myself and, um, I think that I ran myself to the ground a little bit more than what I should have. I probably shouldn't have started working four days after I had my son. Um, but I just, I tried to do it all. And I think for me, it was learning how to ask for help and I never would. And I really didn't learn a lot of that until just a couple of years ago where I really needed to start learning how to ask for help. I was just too stubborn. It's the Taurus in me, I guess. Yeah, that's probably what makes you successful, probably. Yeah, I would say so. There's definitely um, some pluses and some minuses to it, but that would probably be the only thing. Um, I like how our life has turned out right now, and um, so there's not a lot of things that I would regret at all, but um, I think that I probably could have freed up a little bit of brain space by asking for help. And like, on the other hand, what, is there anything that you say to yourself that, yeah, yes, this is the best thing I did when you were a new mother as a new mother? Um, hmm. Oh, geez. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really know. That's a tough question. For me was sleep training my kids. Who knows? Maybe my answer will change next year. What is your absolute favorite thing about being a mother? My absolute favorite thing. Um, you know, I think it's seeing the world through your child's eyes. There, there's so many times where my son has been able to experience a lot of firsts and being able to experience that with him and see the joy, like the first time that he ever saw snow, first time he's ever been on an airplane. Those are probably what I would say is. Okay. What is the worst thing about being about motherhood? Ooh. Um, I don't know if I would call it the worst thing, but I would say that you just always have a lot of fears about failing as a mom or not being able to know the right thing to say or, um, you know, how to be able to help him. Like even just the other day, it was his first experience with bullying and I just was at a loss of, I don't, I don't even know what to say. You know, you try to comfort them and is that actually going to help or, you know, and then you think back to when you were bullied and what your mom used to say to you. And that's probably what the worst thing is for me is just, you know, failing at helping them or what it is that you should be saying, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's very different from when we were brought up, I think. So different because of social media and, um, you know, things aren't 
said to your face they're now or you know said through friends or whatever when when we were growing up and now it's just all said through you know a person behind a screen and um it's sad it's really sad yeah it's sad and also i think i find a lot of parents now like all the parents i know in our generation are kind of they want to connect more with their children on an emotional level i don't think we have that so much growing up I no mean, i think no, I didn't, I didn't either. And I don't know if it was more because my mom was a, a single mom growing up as well, or, uh, you know, and she just didn't really have a lot of the time to be able to do that. And it was more just like, just keep on plugging along kind of thing. But I can see that. Yeah. Describe motherhood in three words. Um, well, that, that wouldn't put me on the spot. Um, Oh my, rewarding. Oh geez, you might have to cut this one out. I have to think about this one. I don't know why. Okay, so just in one word, rewarding. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, in one, in one word, um, I would say that it's rewarding. What are your three top tips for staying sane during COVID-19 lockdown? Hmm, probably going back to what we were talking about before is to make sure that you do take some time for yourself. And um, schedules, I think, are super important during this time. I think that everyone, you know, kids thrive off of schedules and just being able to, you know, make sure that you have time set for yourself and you're not kind of like what you were talking about earlier, where you end up on the couch for five hours and you end up staying up way later. And um, therefore, you're probably a little bit more tired in the morning. So schedules are always a good thing. Okay, my last question is walk us through your perfect day in the Cayman Islands, not your typical, like your perfect day. What is it like? Because I mean, nobody, when I, when I don't know very much about the Cayman Islands, and when you tell me, live there it's like for me i'm thinking it's like a like tropical paradise it's this beautiful island that people are just sitting there and drinking coconut water and doing nothing else so tell me what is your perfect day what would be a perfect day for me um i love getting up really early and watching um watching the sunrise this place has some of the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets and we have some of the most beautiful beaches and water it's absolutely incredible. And we also have some of the most amazing food. I think we're considered the culinary capital of the Caribbean. Um, so you really can't go wrong with this island at all. I definitely don't live in my bikini. Um, you rarely will even catch me on a beach. Um, but you will catch me on the beach. Yeah, I know it's really bad. Um, this kind of comes down to me being uh, just working too much. But um, you will catch me on the beach watching the sunrise at like six o'clock in the morning. It's one of the things that I absolutely love to do. So are you dating now? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. I am, yes. So eight, year, eight years later, you're dating. Great. Yes, it, it, I know, I know, it was wonderful. It took a long time, but um, he was worth the wait, that's for sure. Okay, great. So you have like like some drunken nights at night. <laughs> you can find out more about Nadine's work and her wellness retreats on her website. You'll find the link in our show notes. Thank you for joining me for Mommy's Happy Hour. I'm Hiba Shanbo.
This episode is produced by Chirag Desai. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell me about it. Drop me a message on Instagram, and you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and IMDb. I'll be back in two weeks. See you then.